After feeding the 4,000, the Lord Jesus and his disciples got in a boat and crossed the sea to the region of Magadan or Magdala. And these boat crossings, of course, gave the Lord and his disciples much needed rest, but also provided them with time to speak to each other and interact with each other. And on this occasion, the Lord Jesus as they crossed that lake, used the opportunity to instruct his disciples. Now, before we look at that instruction, let's consider the world in which these disciples lived. It was a world that did not know Christ. The vast majority of the people of that day had never heard of Jesus Christ. Jesus had just begun his ministry, and so... As of yet, people did not know who he was or why he had come. And so it was a world that did not know Jesus Christ. But it was also a world where those who did pursue Christ did so for what they could get out of him. Now, admittedly, many crowds began to form around Jesus. But people followed him for what they could get out of him. They were particularly interested in being healed of their diseases. They, they listened to him with fascination at his teaching, but by the time Jesus died, there was only a handful of people who truly did believe, and, and they were fearful for their lives. The world in which these disciples lived was a world in which most people were content to follow the status quo, the people, for the most part, were traditionalists who didn't really want to change. They did what everyone else did. They followed the traditions and obeyed the laws of Moses, for the most part. And they were half-heartedly, they half-heartedly listened to their religious leaders and let them do the thinking for them. Their faith consisted, for the most part, of doing what was expected and looking good in the community. As for the religious leaders of the day, they went through the motions, but with very little power in what they said or did. The people of that day were led by religious leaders who were traditionalists in themselves, and they went through the motions. They made people feel good, but there was no life. And one of the things that these people noticed about Jesus when he would speak was that he taught as one who had authority and not like their leaders. There was no life in, in the teaching of their leaders. And what was true of the leaders of that day was also true of the people. And God would accuse them of worshiping him with their mouth, but with hearts that were far, far from him. The people of that day also in that in those times were impacted by outside influences. People of that day were being influenced, in fact, from many different sides. There were religious and political groups that were voicing their discontent with the with the Roman government who, who oppressed them. There were groups advocating the overthrow of the Romans and the establishment of a Jewish nation governed by Jews. There were those who also considered other religions. 
the worship of Baal and other gods was always a temptation for these people. And even among those true to the Jewish faith were various sects of different kinds. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were prominent, but they were different in their, in their beliefs and doctrinal positions. And so there were political and religious groups causing turmoil in those days. And people, for the most part, had not come to know Jesus Christ and his purpose. And the crowds that did follow Jesus were, were not on fire for him. They, they followed him for what they could get out of him. They, they would also turn their backs on him when they didn't get their way or what they wanted or when things became difficult. They were easily swayed. Their spiritual leaders were Pharisees and Sadducees, whose concern was more for people to notice them than for the truth itself. And so it was into this situation, not unlike our own, that Jesus would speak to his disciples as they crossed the lake that day. So as Jesus crossed the lake that day, he had a word of advice to give to his disciples in light of the circumstances and the culture in which they lived. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 6. Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now the words that Jesus speaks here focus on the religious leaders of that day, but the truths apply to the numerous other matters they faced as well in that culture. Now, notice Jesus speaks here about the leaven of the Pharisees or the teaching or the religious beliefs of these leaders. Yeast, of course, is compared to sin often in the Bible. And once it's added to the bread, it becomes part of it and, and can't be separated from it. And Jesus uses this illustration of the yeast or the teaching of the Pharisees because of the sinful nature of their teaching. And the leaven that Jesus speaks about here represents false and harmful teaching that has a tendency to influence our lives in a detrimental way. And in that society, the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees was an example of that kind of teaching that influenced the people in a detrimental way. These Pharisees and Sadducees rejected Jesus as the Messiah. They promoted a faith that was contrary to the work of God and his purpose. And what we need to understand here is that the Pharisees and Sadducees are not the only ones to, to promote false teaching. Like the Jews of Jesus' day, we too are surrounded by falsehood and error all around our society. We too live in a society that is filled with unrest and confusion. And what does, what the, what does Jesus have to say to us in, those, in, in these situations and in, in these days? Well, the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples that day and in the boat as they, as they crossed that lake still speak to us. Let's just take a moment here to look at the two simple words that Jesus gives his disciples on that lake that day as they crossed. Listen again to what Jesus told his disciples that day as they crossed that lake. Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. 
The first word Jesus gives to his disciples that day is the word watch. Now, the Greek word he uses is, means to look at, to take note of, or to perceive. And Jesus told his disciples that they were to watch, to look at, to take note of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In essence, Jesus is telling the disciples to open their eyes to what is happening around them. Writing to the Corinthians, Paul says this, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Peter would say something very similar when he, he writes in First Peter first 5 and verse 8, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Jesus, by using the word watch, is putting his disciples on guard. He's reminding them that there are many traps and pitfalls in the road before them. And if they're not careful, they would fall into them. As believers, we are called to be watchful. Jesus challenges his disciples here to wake up and examine what their culture and religious leaders were telling them. All too many believers are content to have a mindless faith that, that just goes with the flow. And in telling us to be watchful, Jesus is challenging us to examine the philosophies of our day, to take note of the tendencies in the church of our day, to open our eyes to what's happening, to know if it is from God or not. We are like watchmen at the gate in a time of war. We're to look out for the enemy. We're to take note of anything untoward. We, we must finally tune our eyes and ears to perceive any evidence of enemy presence. This is not time to be lazy and careless. Our children are being deceived by godless philosophies and ideas. Take note of that. Our churches are succumbing to Error and powerlessness. Watch out for that. This is not time to close our eyes and say, what can I do? The enemy is all around us. We need to beware of the goddess philosophies of our age. We need to take note of the errors creeping into our church. Jesus told his disciples to watch the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were to be aware of what they were saying. They needed to know the tactic of the enemy. And in a similar way, we too need to see what is happening around us. We need our eyes open up to the leaven of our culture. Don't close your eyes. Watch. You cannot fight what you cannot see. The second word Jesus gives his disciples as they cross that lake that day is the word beware. Verse 6, Matthew 16, Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Greek word he uses here literally means to stay on course. The idea is to keep focused. It's to avoid anything that would get us off track. Now, to illustrate this, imagine a ship sailing past a rocky coastline with rocks jutting up above the water's surface and lurk lurking close under the surface. As the captain of that ship, you must beware of the rocks. And how do you do that? You set a course that will navigate around them. 
you'll be very careful to hold firm to that course. You understand that if, if you don't hold your course, you risk crashing into those rocks, and crashing into those rocks will spell disaster for you, your passengers, and your ship. Now, you would think that using the word watch would be sufficient for Jesus. But understand, however, that it's possible to watch and not beware. These two words represent two different ideas. To watch involves the mind and the understanding. Beware implies a response to, to what we understand. The captain of the ship may see the rocks and sail directly toward it. He, he might do that out of curiosity. He might do so of being distracted and not by not paying attention. He might do so carelessly on, on purpose. Now, in the community where I've been serving, we, we've seen many young adults who have grown up in our church purposely steer their ship right into those rocks. You and I have all met individuals who know the truth and turn their backs on it. We have acquaintances who, who know better but have gotten caught up in sin and error. You, you see, sin and error right in front of you, but you walk right into it. Adam and Eve regularly passed by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God spoke to them about it and told them of the consequences of eating from that tree. They were aware of that tree. They saw it regularly, but they reached out their hand and ate it. Do you think David wasn't aware of the dangers of adultery and murder when he, when he called for Bathsheba? Do you think Peter wasn't aware that denying Jesus would lead to no good in the end? Do you think that those caught up in addictions were not aware that this path was not a good one to start on? The word beware is a simple word with incredibly profound meaning. It means, it reminds us that, that there is serious, serious danger ahead. It's a reminder that if we pass this point, we will find ourselves in a path that we don't want to be, be on. The word beware where it is a reminder also of our human weaknesses. It shows us that we're not invincible, that we too could fall like Peter, like David. And all too many people see the danger. They see it. They know it's ahead, but they choose not to beware and they become careless. And one day they wake up and find the prophecy of Hosea to be true. In Hosea 7 and verse 9, strangers devour his strength, and he knows it not. Gray hairs are sprinkled upon him, and he knows it not. That vibrant youth looks one day in the mirror, and what he sees staring back at him is a gray, as an old, frail, gray-headed man, devoid of strength and vitality. He is neglected to beware. He has lived his life without constraint or boundaries. He has crashed into those rocks. In fact, he steered directly to those rocks and is now paying the consequences. And so in a world not totally unlike the world of Jesus' time, we need to take heed to the advice of Jesus. The two words that Jesus gives, watch. Don't go through life blind to the tactics of the enemy. Open your eyes. 
There's a battle raging for your souls and, and those of your children and those of your friends. The enemy is everywhere. Watch out for him. Take note of his methods and tactics. And, and you, you can't afford to close your eyes. There is too much at risk. Watch. But don't just watch, however. Beware. There is danger ahead. Take hold of the wheel and turn your ship. It's heading directly to the rocks. Why wake up? Take precautions, the precautions necessary because your destiny is at stake. Recognize that, that, that what you, that you have, that before you it is what is before you is, is very dangerous. Take it seriously. Commit yourself not to be reckless in this matter. The sea before us is riddled with rocks and danger. There are many potholes on the road ahead and the enemy lines, the path we must tread. So watch and beware.